All right, Patreon shout-out time. Apologies if I mispronounce your name. Let me know, and I will fix it for next time. Uh, but thank you so much to Jules, Gabrielle, Cheyenne, and Blair for your new patronages for this month. And thank you again to returning patrons Mary, Jade, Drew, Kate, Becca, Donna, Lindsay, Kirsten, Brian, Taya, Alex, Janelle, Morgie, and Unwoman. You are all amazing. Thank you so much. We're trying to get our Patreon number up to 250 uh, a month by June so that we can see if the podcast is going to go somewhere. Uh, And if not, then we'll talk about that. We'll figure that out. We'll come back to it. But thank you so much. Keep pushing. Keep sharing. Keep listening. You're all wonderful. Hey everyone, I just want to apologize to my Patreon subscribers for this episode coming out late for them. Uh, Those who were part of the Patreon, I did send out a message letting you know. Uh, This was supposed to go out yesterday, January 7th, to Patreon, and because of uh, issues throughout the country, throughout the United States, uh, on the 6th, I didn't feel like I should work on it and I decided to go with that feeling. I would have a lot of choice words to say about those who (laughs) did what they did in D.C. on the 6th, but we're doing an episode all about kids' books, and we're doing an episode all about learning, and we're doing an episode all about growth. So I am going to leave those choice words behind in favor of the episode ahead. With that stated, and uh, on a different apology level, uh, I sounded like I was in a tin can in this episode. I don't know what happened. Uh, It might have been the program that I was using switched to my webcam mic without my knowing. Uh, It might have been who knows what. I tried very hard to make it sound okay, uh, and in lieu of that, I just tried to remove as much of my audio as I possibly could. Uh, from my own interview with with Seth, and uh, there's a lot of really good from Seth, so I didn't want to scrap the episode or have uh, Seth come back and do it again. Uh, but that said, I apologize. I tried. I really did. I am not an audio engineer. There are moments where the background noise just sounds like Skrillex remixing the wind. Uh, which sounds like it could be an album that would work, but absolutely does not in a podcast setting. So that said, my apologies for that. It's a great episode, though, and I really, really hope that you enjoy it. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, here's the episode. Is It Transphobic? We'll be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. And today I am being joined by... Hi, I'm Seth Day. I use he or they pronouns. Um, and I'm primarily a nanny in day-to-day life, but um, I also am a podcast host. Uh, I host a podcast called Rad Child Podcast, which is about like how to talk to kids about tricky things. Like we've covered things like gender, race, disability, you know, all, all that kind of fun, fun stuff that kids ask you about. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we also talk about our favorite kids books uh, for each topic. So I'm here to talk a little bit about kids books. Yeah, I'm really excited. Like we we did uh, for for the holiday season last year. We talked about like a holiday toy guide with my friend Jonathan Alexandrados. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm I'm really excited because I feel like we have a lot of listeners who uh, are writers and who are interested in media creation and media analysis. And books in general have not been something that we've been able to tackle a lot of, but especially children's books and children's media is an entire other genre that we just <laughs> never really delved into. So, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm stoked, honestly, to, to yeah, really get into that. I'm excited. I think it's um, it's a good thing that I'm a nanny because I am, like, weirdly obsessed with children's books and it gives me an excuse to purchase them. Um, I just, like, love, like, diverse, like, diverse book, kids' books and, like, ones that focus on social justice themes. I just, like, I don't know. I think that, like, I my sort of mentality is, like, there's no adult topics. Like I'm using air quotes here. Like I don't think adult topics exist. I think that we could talk to kids about anything in an age appropriate way. So I'm really interested in books that tackle those kinds of things for kids. Yeah. And especially because kids, like I I've shared on the podcast before and I share with people, like I started realizing my gender identity was not aligned with what I was assigned at birth uh, in preschool. Like I look at, back yeah. at these things. And I'm like, yeah, like these are when I started really asking those questions and I didn't have resources to kind of mm-hmm. figure that out. And so for, for me, like, especially seeing children's books, it's like, yes, this could have been the thing that, that I know, right. helped me. Yeah. I wish we so, had all these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad uh, the kids and, today do at least. Yeah, because now, like, like, yeah, I, I more than anything else, for me personally, I just want no one to have to go through what I did. And while yeah, people will, totally. well, it's we're we're working. I feel like we're working towards a world where no one will have to go through that. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I hope we can only yeah. hope, right? <laughs> Exactly. Do you mind talking a little bit about your experience as a nanny? I, I've always sort of worked with kids. Like, I feel like it kind of formally started when I was in high school. Uh, we I had some next door neighbors who had young kids and I just would always like hang out with them and play with them. And then they would, you know, hire me to babysit. Um, and uh, so I just really liked working with kids. And even when I was in high school, like I worked at a preschool, um, actually at the preschool that I went to uh, and, you know, would do like an after school program. And so I was always kind of dipping my toes into to that world. And uh, so I decided to go to college for art education um, and then got out of college and was like, I'm a trans person in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. Like, I don't think that transitioning is like the best thing to do in my first year as like an untenured teacher. Um, so I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna nanny for for a year and uh, see how for the summer, my idea, my thought was like, I'll nanny for the summer, I'll like sort of start transitioning or whatever. And then I'll, you know, I'll get a job teaching in September. And I loved nannying so much. I was just like, screw teaching. Nannying is great. There's like no red tape. I just have to get along with like, probably about two people two adults and some kids and that's it like there's no you know and I can also have like an intimate relationship and really know the needs like as, as an art teacher I would have like minimum 600 kids right half the school the whole school and it was like there's no way I could even know all those kids names let alone like what's going on in their family life and what they need and I just like really like to be able to uh you know know those things to be able to engage with kids so I really it's it's fun it's fun work and I get to like choose my own. I like every week I have like a theme. So like uh, next week we're doing Dia de los Muertos. Then we're doing Halloween after that. So like, you know, sometimes it's a holiday. Sometimes it's just like shapes or whatever. But it's fun to be able to sort of do my own curriculum and, um, you know, do what I want. (laughs) No red tape. (laughs) Yeah. So that's and that's really cool. Like there's there's an education component wrapped up uh, in in 
the nanny yeah. process. That's that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, I would get really bored if I just sat around with them for eight hours a day. So I plan activities. Not every nanny does this, but I'm like, I would be beyond bored to just sit and play with the same like five annoying toys eight hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yep, this one also makes noise. Yes, this one also oh makes God, noise. Tell no. me more about your favorite Pokemon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Is it still Blastoise? Yep, it's still Blastoise. That's oh my right. God. When, when I was teaching, like, the kids don't realize how old Pokemon is. And when I was teaching, they used to be blown away that I, I'd be like, oh, that's Pikachu. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, yeah, like, Pikachu, when I was your age, I had Pikachu. To- like, <laughs> Pokemon was just a thing. <laughs> some of some of our dear friends have a a child who went through a my little pony phase and you know like i i loved the new my little pony so i'm like all right yeah let's talk my little pony i will talk to you for hours sure let me get you (laughs) off your parents back yeah let's talk about this now she's on pokemon and it's like okay i can still i can still hold my own but like (laughs) it's like this is a little bit more out of my depth okay let's figure this out I love just when kids are so blown away that like you understand something of their world. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, especially when I was student teaching, I was like, I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> like, I'm basically still a kid masquerading in adult clothes. Like, <laughs> it's like I just have my degree now. That's it. That's it. There's no difference. It's like, it's really like two years removed. <laughs> Very expensive piece of paper that says I could do a thing. That's it. Yes. so so you've presented to me about uh five books uh Mm -hmm. that i'd love to kind of like start jumping into and these ones uh specifically because i i threw out to you that i wanted to talk about things about gender but also specifically Mm -hmm. that are are trans uh non-binary and uh you actually found a really good example of a a book about a two-spirit individual as well Mm -hmm. so yeah let's let's jump in let's let's talk about the the first one which in my notes is it feels good to be yourself yeah, so I wanted to kind of pick like a couple of different kinds of books. So I have like a few nonfiction ones and then some more like narrative ones. And uh, this one's kind of a combination of both. Um, so as you said, it's called uh, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. Uh, and it's by Teresa Thorne and illustrated by Noah Gringy. And basically, so it's like, there are four kids and it explains, it goes, sort of goes through and explains each kid's gender identity and like what that means. Uh, so for example, the book starts like, this is Ruthie. She's a transgender girl. That means when she was born, everyone thought she was a boy until she grew older and old enough to tell everyone she's actually a girl. Girl is Ruthie's gender identity. And it sort of goes in this pattern of explaining like, this is this person. This is what their gender identity is, right? And um, so next it goes on to talk about her brother, who's a cisgender boy. And then they introduce the concept. So they're like, there are ways to be a boy. There are ways to be a girl. But like, not everyone is a boy or a girl. And they introduce the concept of non-binary. Um, and they, they're basically, they have two characters who identify as non-binary. So the first, um, the first character is one who uh, feels like, I believe, like both a boy and a girl. And then the next one feels like neither a boy or a girl. Um, so, and then it goes on to be like, those are not the only ways, just like there are lots of ways to be a boy and a girl. Those are not the only ways to be non-binary. So they have a lot of these, like, you know, just, just saying it's not everybody, but like, these are some ways that people identify. Um, cause that's, yeah. I liked a lot about that. Both, like it started off with uh, the binary boy girl and then it's like okay like you you understand this concept great let's let's move on let's talk more about non-binary genders and this idea of like there are many who feel like it's a, a, a like a spectrum of all mm-hmm. gender that they're feeling or depending on the day but it's also many people who feel like they have no gender uh and just that idea of like okay we like all right you're understanding this concept good let's let's continue but even then this is not it this is not like 
Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I like that it also talks about, they talk about how like it can change, which is like a thing mm-hmm. that we don't, I think, always talk about in, um, I mean, in general, but in kids' books too. I think sometimes people feel like it's so, it's such a, uh, for some people, a hard topic to wrap their heads around, period, that like then saying like, yeah, but it could be different from day to day or year to year or minute to minute. People are like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> so, so I like just sort of introducing this to kids at an early age. Like, yeah, like, and I remember there was a kid that I was nannying um, and he woke up from his nap one day. And this was also like the last week I was working with him was just like wild because I never got any follow up on this. It was uh, so he, he was four, four years old and he woke up from his nap and said, my name's Gabby. And I said, OK, Gabby, like what pronouns do you want to use? What words do you want me to use when I talk about you? Like she, her, he, him, they, them, whatever. And, and Gabby was like, she, her. And I was like, OK, for a week, nothing else changed. went by Gabby and she, her. And then after a week was like, I'm Timothy again. And we were all like, okay. And then I stopped working there and I got no (laughs) follow up on what happened. Um, But I was just like, like, even if that was just that child, like exploring and playing, like at least they know that if they ever make a decision to like go by a different name, go by a different gender, whatever pronouns that they're going to be respected. Right. Like if it was a game for them, that's great. Whatever. We don't like bat an eye if a kid's like, I'm a turtle for a week. We're like, whatever. Great. Like, I think it's great for kids to explore, not to compare that to gender, but you know what I mean? Like we allow kids to explore all these sorts of things. And, you know, I think that it's, even if it's, you know, not going to, you know, even if that kid is, doesn't end up being trans, like they know that they're going to be respected um, and taken seriously if they do decide to change pronouns or names or whatever. So. I think that that's great. Yeah, and I, I think that that idea of exploration and comfortability and trying to figure yeah. oneself out, like the, because I, I've I've had arguments with friends who are talking about their their adult friends who for a little while are considering like maybe I'm trans, maybe I'm not. Start using these pronouns, and then they they go back to the pronouns that they were using prior to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had people be angry at these people, like oh, you know, like how how dare they? <laughs> like the, the serious, like it's serious, and like these are my cis friends. It's serious for trans people to be like, take it seriously. It's like, yeah, I mean, it is. But like, I think it's amazing that this friend of yours had this moment where they, they were trying to figure themselves out. And the answer can be, oh, yeah, I'm cis. Like, that's yeah. fine, too. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that I love that the book does later is like, they they go into this part where it's like, you know, it's like, it's it's okay to let you, it's okay to let people know if, if you're not, you know, if you're not feeling it. So like, and then it shows Ruthie and Ruth, it's like Ruthie was this age when she told her parents like, Hey, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, whatever. And, and then like the next page is like, it's also okay to tell people if they were right. And then like her brother is like, I'm a boy. I like being a boy. And I'm like, yeah. Like, like people also have gender identities. Like, Yes. <laughs> like you like how we say gender identity, sometimes people get like a little tense and they're like, oh, it's a trans thing. I'm like, no, we all most people have a gender identity. Even if your gender identities don't identify with the gender, you have one, right? Um so I like that part where where the boy was like, I'm a boy. I'm like, yeah, go you. Yeah, so I was uh, I was talking to my friend uh Cleo, who mm-hmm. by the time we by the time we release this episode, our audience will have heard that interview, uh, but she is Cleo Stiller, the, the author of Modern Manhood, uh, and she was talking about, like, this idea, uh, like, we, we talked a little bit about this idea of, like, some cis people thinking that only trans people have pronouns, and it's just like, no, no, you go back to English class, sir or right? ma'am. 
<laughs> I, I, love, I love when people do things like that or even like you know I was actually recently on uh on a podcast called Balancing Cultures kind of giving like a trans 101 talk and we were talking about how people get offended when you when you're like oh that this person is trans and this person is cis and people are like ah cis I'm like it's not it literally just means you're not trans that you identify <laughs> with the gender you are assigned like that's all it means it's not a bad word but like people get very defensive about it and you know there's a lot of things like that I feel like where I'm like you just don't you just we got we got to like educate a little bit and understand what these things mean because everybody has well not everybody uses pronouns but like most people have a pro you know I don't know People no, are very I, but I, guess I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like, like, even I, if you're, I was like, everyone, and then I was like, that's not true because I know someone who doesn't use pronouns, so I can't say that. Generalizations mm-hmm. are usually bad, Seth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Many people at this time still have pronouns. <laughs> I think is the argument you're trying to make. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and if you're making the argument that only trans people have pronouns, you probably have pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking of not absolutes on this podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Probably, maybe, many, some. Well, that's what, like, I do that with my kids all the time. Like, I get so mad. There's this book called Ten Little Fingers and Ten Ten Little Toes. And I'm like, not everybody has ten fingers and toes book. Like, I've always, like, some people have this and some people have that. And, like, most people have two legs. Or, like, if I'm saying, like, oh, you have two eyes. Most people or many people have two eyes. Like, I, I, you know, I feel like we use that language with little kids of, like, everyone all the time. like... No, it's not even true. <laughs> I think I think also like people are just for lack of a better term, people are attracted to this idea of absolutes. And this is where yeah. like a lot of anti-trans stuff comes in because it's like, no, there's like a very clear and I'm that clear. And if I'm not clear, then I have to make then I have to ask myself <laughs> questions. I have to ask myself questions and I find things out about myself and I don't want that. Uh-uh, no, no, never. <laughs> things are absolute in this household. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no, I'm into it. Great. Uh, yeah, so like just to, because there, there were a couple of quotes that I, I pulled from, uh, from, the, from the book, and one of them being, uh, see, when you were born, you couldn't tell people who you were or how you felt. They looked at you and they made a guess. Maybe they got it right. Maybe they got it wrong. And it's just like, that's just such a very easy to understand. Like, right? oh, okay, yeah. It's like, like yeah. Yeah, and uh, a book that we're, you know, hopefully going to get to later that's called Who Are You has a very, it starts out with a very similar, like, when a baby is born, people are like, is it a boy or a girl? And, like, they don't know, so they just make a guess. And I like that idea of it's like, yeah, I mean, basically, that's what's happening, right? We're making a guess, and sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong. And I think that that's really easy to understand um, for kids, you know? It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we've got the information presented to us. Let's uh, figure it out, and then we'll change it if <laughs> someone says that we're wrong. Got it. <laughs> and that's exactly like that's what I love about when Ruthie's just like, yeah, like I'm a girl, and they're like, okay, like we're gonna, you know, change what we're doing now. It's just like that's fine. Uh, and of course, right? There's a nuance to that, and like everybody, you know, when someone transitions, like it, it's work for everyone. But like, you know, I like how you know it's, their parents are just like, okay, great. Um, one of the quotes that I really liked is the end the last page it says your feelings about your gender are real listen to your heart no matter what your gender identity is you are okay exactly the way you are and you are loved it feels good to be yourself doesn't it I'm just like thank you book it does feel good to be myself it's just like very like it's a good little button on the book I love I like the way it ends and I like the idea of like affirming that like because a lot of people will tell kids like 
you know, like I remember, I mean, this is about sexuality, but I remember like telling my mom, I thought I was a lesbian back in the day. And my mom was like, no, you're just confused. Right. And like my feelings weren't, it was like, you don't know you, I know you better than you. Right. And I like the idea that this book is like, no, like you, and my mom has grown a lot since then. If mom is listening to this, um, <laughs> like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, that's, I like that the book is affirming, like, no, you know, you best. Like if you're feeling that way, like that's valid. And then, you know, that's the most important voice to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, just, just in general, you know yourself better than anyone else. And, you know, yeah, maybe you're trying to figure something out. Maybe you're asking the questions, but being allowed to ask those questions and figure it out is part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, like, yeah. I mean, if you can't already tell, like, I love this book, I think it's great. It also has really gorgeous, like, watercolor illustrations that I think are really pretty. Um, it's just uh, it's just a good, it's a good wholesome book. It's a good, like, 101, you know. I feel like you could... It's a good one. Yeah, like this. This is one of those ones I would recommend to to adults who maybe don't even have kids who are just trying to figure it out. It's just like this is a pretty good one hundred and one. It's a quick read on a summer evening. I I read <laughs> this and Who Are You to my boss, <laughs> the mother of twins. She had, um, which is awesome. She's uh, she's a nursing student and. She's like, she's already a nurse, but she's going to get a certain special certification. And in her class, they were learning about like how to, um, they had to read an article about sort of like queer identities and how to interact with queer patients and trans patients, which I was like, great. I'm glad people are learning about this, right? Um, but she was like asking me sort of about the difference between different terminology. And I was like, let me tell you. And I just like, we all sat together, me, the twins and the mother, and we read this book. And I was like, it helps, doesn't it? Or like the other day she was, she, because she's, I'm in Canada and she's Canadian, um, or from the states and um the other day she was like i don't understand the electoral college and i was like i have a book about that <laughs> it's just like let's <laughs> about the electoral college and voting like it's a great way to learn things because it's not someone's 20 page thesis on it it's just the basics it's like just what you need to know i love like learning about other like other religious like ho- like other holidays from other cultures or religions like that too because it's like this is what they do these are the traditions i, I don't have to read a 20 page paper about it it's like it's really nice <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and I think that's why, and and I think that's why like children's books are so good because they kind of have to get to the point very quickly. They've got to keep your, they've got to keep you entertained and understanding. If they go too far, uh, like too long, it could like you could lose attention and yeah. then therefore lose the attention. Yeah, so I, I think it's a good like it, these really are good starting places. Yeah, for uh, sure. For, for a lot. I think. So, I don't know. I th- oh, go ahead. Oh no! I was I was going to uh, move over to to the next yeah. book, but uh, so you, yeah, I lost, I lost my thought. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. If it comes back, let me know. We'll we'll make it work. I edit this, uh, so <laughs> I might keep that in. Who knows? So people know I do work <laughs> and I edit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you you mentioned who are you? Uh, mm-hmm. And before we talk a lot about it, we should talk about some of the the controversy that has come up with who are you? Um, it's, yeah, like specifically, it's in regards to something that's at what you call the back matter, the material yeah. in the back of yeah, uh, so, of these children's books. Yeah, so usually, like what I refer to is as like the back matter is like a lot of times in books about topics like like this, more like nonfiction stuff. 
Um, although sometimes you'll see it in fiction that's about like to- topics um, that are, uh, you know, maybe you need like a glossary in the back or maybe it'll have like resources, like things like that. And so there's this wheel in the back of this book um, that it's really cool. It's like an interactive, uh, like it's three concentric circles. So three circles inside each other. I'm motioning like listeners can see me. Uh, I'm Italian. I can't help it. And the, <laughs> the inside circle is like I have and it says body. And so like the options are like a body that made adults say girl, a body that made adults say boy, a, bo- a body that made adults say not sure. Um, and then on the, you know, on the second circle, it says I am. And so it says like bi gender, transgender, you know, gender, flip, whatever. That's your gender identity. Um, and then the third, the outside circle is I like. So it says like, you know, bracelets, boots, leggings, cats, whatever. It's like your expression. Um, and so uh, it's sort of like a like a supplementary tool in the back of the book, and it's called the gender wheel. Like in the back matter, it explains sort of what it is and how to use it, and they call it the gender wheel. So the basically, uh, I sort of like I love this book. Um, I sort of stumbled upon it actually at the Philly Trans Wellness Conference one year, um, and uh, which is a great three day free conference for trans folks, um, and. Uh, Basically, you know, I, I didn't know about this uh, plagiarism allegation and uh, I posted it on a list that I was recommending books and people brought it to my attention and I was like, oh, so I did some research on it. And basically what happened is there's another, uh, there's an author, his name is uh, Maya Gonzalez, who has great books. Um, she has some really great ones about uh, pronouns, things like that. She's a, a queer uh, woman of color. Uh, and she also has like a really fun pronoun game. It's like, basically showing you that like different people who look different ways can use different kinds of pronouns. Right. Um, And, but anyway, she has great stuff. Look her up. But anyway, she wrote a book called the gender wheel. And basically um, it's a little bit, uh, it's like a more, it's a longer book. It's a more complicated book, like for older, older kids, still a picture book, but like I would say nine to 12 age. Um, And in it, there's the same idea. There is a, uh, like a three three ring concentric circle um, but the rings are I'm trying to find it in my notes it's it's like it's different it's not the same concept but it's similar um, so basically okay I'm trying to here we go so so the inside it's like it's like identity pronouns and then um, I'm sorry it's pronouns identity and then I'm skipping lines Oh, and the outer circles. So it's pronouns, identity, and then the outer circles, like what kind of body do you have? And the the phrasing is a little bit different. So it's like kind of similar, but not exactly. And they sort of, in my opinion, like they have sort of different uses. Like I, I don't necessarily like this is sort of like a tool um, that you can physically manipulate. And this wheel is just like something that's printed in the book as like an explanation. And um, but anyway, so there's like there's sort of a lot to it. And I encourage you to go to Maya Gonzalez's website. She has an article about it. Um, but uh, basically they were in the same, like she, the author of Who Are You, Brooke Pesslin-Webby, was at a conference where, that Maya Gonzalez was talking about this book. And then after that came out with this book, so Maya Gonzalez feel like she, feels like she stole, and then also like used the words, the gender, used the words, the gender wheel, um, which later in later publishings of the book were changed um, because of this controversy. But basically, um you know, that's sort of what the, this controversy around this is that like this white cis woman took a, you know, queer woman of colors work. Um, personally, having looked at both books, I, I mean, the books themselves are to- totally different. Um, I think I think the main plagiarism uh, allegation is about the, the wheel itself. And again, I, I kind of feel like they're for different 
different things. But I mean, I definitely encourage everybody to like do the research and make up their own opinions before purchasing this book. If you feel icky about it, don't do it. Um, I personally like having had the book before I learned about uh, I sort of feel like I just don't, I don't, I feel like it's a really good book and I don't feel like this one thing in the back should negate the goodness, like the usefulness of this book. Um, and I also just like personally, I like, I, I kind of feel like I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I don't want to say that I'm not believing someone saying that their work was stolen, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I don't feel like this book should be, you know, I don't know if I'm talking in circles now. No, but I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. And I wanted to just make sure that we had a, a moment to sort of talk about that and the controversy before we actually talk about the book, because it is a thing that might turn some people away from the book. And it is a thing that, like, honestly, we should give a lot of respect to Maya Gonzalez and uh, the work that she has put in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, like, I can't necessarily speak to... How close these things are myself. I also am not a lawyer. I am not like I don't know the the line. You know, we're we're not lawyers. We don't know. But a, we wanted to make sure you know, listeners, about Maya Gonzalez as well. And b, uh, it is a tool that is in the back of the book. So for some people, that might be enough that they can distance themselves, as opposed to the book itself being a straight up like lifted yeah. copy, but. FYI. Yeah, uh, so I think it's important that everybody sort of does the research and does, makes their own decision about it um, before before jumping in and getting it. Yeah. So so let's talk about the, the book itself, though. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of similar to It Feels Good to Be Yourself in a lot of ways in that it's like a nonfiction book that sort of breaks down gender identity. So it starts out, again, very similarly to um, the other book by saying, like, you know you best, which I'm like, yeah, you do. Um and then uh, it sort of goes on to talk about how when babies are born, people make a guess about their gender based on their bodies. And it explains sort of the difference between sex and gender, gender expression, gender identity, all those fun, fun things. Um, and then there's these really two like spectacular interactive pages that I, it's probably my favorite part of the book that has um, like it's a two page spread. The first, so the first two page spread is like all different toys and different things. I think there's like some cats and dogs on that page. And so the kids can say like, Oh, what do I like? It's talking about gender expression. So, you know, you could say like, Oh, I like dinosaurs and I like princesses and I like balls and I like that dog or whatever. Um, so it's a way for the kids to sort of interact with the book. And then the second, the next two page spread is all clothes. Um, and I think there's randomly a cat on that page, but whatever i like cats yeah. um <laughs> uh but it's like you know so you could be like i like those fairy wings and i like that vest i mean that's my aesthetic personally um and so <laughs> and so you know i i think that's a really fun um a fun way to make that book interactive um and then they they go on to like talk about different words people use to, to describe their gender identities and then again like the other book they sort of say hey but this is not all the words right we could not fit all those words in a book um and then the the sort of final page uh, features an illustration of like all different kinds of kids and then just says, there are lots of ways to be a boy. There are lots of ways to be a girl. There are lots of ways to be a kid. Be who you are. And then it has like this great discussion guide and stuff and back matter, as I like to call it um, in the back, which is always really nice. But yeah, it's a good, it's a good, again, like uh, it's almost one that I would use with adults sometimes if they're like, I don't get the difference between all these things. I'm like, read this book. 
you know, tell you really easily, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, in a really tangible um, and digestible way, the differences between, like, gender expression, identity, because it is confusing. Like, especially when, when you've grown up, and this is true amongst everyone, when you've grown up in a system where they're telling you there is an absolute way to be as a man, there is an absolute way to be as a woman, and, like, to to question that, even if it's for many of us who have had to, to grapple with that and have figured it out, and it's like, no, 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 there is no one way to be either of those, yeah. and there's no reason to have to be one or the other uh for for those who are just jumping in or who don't feel that themselves going back to basics like going back to a children's book going back to something that is putting it in a very simple way that people can understand is like don't don't feel embarrassed if you're reading a children's book and you're 47 yeah like this could help you and it's so funny i was just thinking when we were talking about sort of like gender roles i was just thinking about um i was at the store today i was at walmart and uh my you know how in the toy aisles it's like everything's pink everything's blue and my my wife and i like don't realize we have like inside jokes and we don't think about it and i was just walking and she's like where, where are you we were like she, she was in a different part of the store and we were on the phone and i was like i'm in the vagina aisle and then people were like what because <laughs> i'm like this is because <laughs> you know it's the pink girl aisle where it's all dolls and oh my god i can't um <laughs> but people are just like huh, mm-hmm. you know the, the vagina girl aisle <laughs> makes me so angry and you yeah you you can't have a you look look and especially for for listeners like obviously we are not we are not saying that just because you have a vagina means you're a girl at the exact same time it's very much like in that culture of like absolute pink absolute oh. everything like you can't start a wildfire because of a gender <laughs> well, party okay this- and then get for being like, all right, well, I guess I'm in the vagina aisle. Well, this is a it. total side <laughs> note, but did you see, I have to send yeah. you this if you haven't seen it, the person who did like a mock gender reveal party that was like, it was like penis or vulva, and then they opened the box and it was just like a question mark balloon and like, was, <laughs> yeah. and they like cut open the cake, it was just a rainbow. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, just more, more than anything else, it was just like I wanted to make sure people listening know it's like, yeah, definitely. Me, a man with a vagina, is not telling you that all girls, girls okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my god, but yeah. So, so who are you? Uh, is also another one that, that I would say is a, is a really good tool for young and for people that are just figuring out like good stuff. Yeah, I really, um, I really like that one yeah. a lot. I remember, like, when I first found it, I was just, like, blown away. Because um, it was, I mean, this was, like, a couple years ago now. Like, now there's, like, a couple more, you know, there's more books around. But it was, like, one of one of the first ones that I personally found that I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is great. Put this in your classroom. Put this in your house. <laughs> yeah. It's like, get, get this everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> get one of these. Yeah. I know, uh, like, even when, when I do sensitivity reads, like, I've done a couple of sensitivity reads on. Um, on nonfiction stuff and there is a lot of like i've gotten a lot of questions about like okay well we're, we're trying to we don't want to like we, we're trying to figure out because words change all the time and it's just yeah. like yeah words change all the time and it's just like just just say that then like, what, what do you mean yeah well, just say that <laughs> well like, just say words change all the time <laughs> At time of printing, this is what we got. Also, like, if you want to, <laughs> other words change all the time. Like, 
like no. if I'm watching something from the '90s. People are going to be using slang that like they don't use today. Like words change. <laughs> like that's like I, I love when people say that that queer people are making words up. And there's just that there's a meme somewhere that's like, what do you think words grow off the word tree? Like words are all made up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, the the next one the next one in the list is uh, when Aiden became a brother. Yes. Um, um, and I really liked this one a lot. I specifically for me, like we'll we'll get into the specifics of it, but I just wanna I wanna share that like for me especially because like a it immediately affirmed Aiden. Like okay, we're we're gonna hear the story of Aiden. We're gonna hear the story of Aiden figuring out who Aiden is. But it's not about that. It's about Aiden kind of like dealing with uh, the fact that, like, oh, I'm going to be a brother. Oh, that's great. But then also a lot of the the gender issues that are very not specific to a, a trans child, but, like, are like, hey, you know, you, you maybe the parents didn't have to think about this. Maybe you yeah. as a parent didn't have to think about this until you had a, a trans kid about how much this, like, gendering of children happens. And it's it does it in a way that, like, is, is great for teaching the child, but also just great for for everyone to kind of be like oh yeah yeah it's a really yeah it's actually so as you said it's called when aiden became a brother it's by kyle lukoff who hilariously dated one of my old roommates and that's how i know kyle because the trans community is hilarious and small um (laughs) and uh it's very large small world yeah you you know you're not allowed to say do you know each other because you're trans but we probably do there was probably a party where people were like, hey, you two would get along. It's like, why? Because we're the only two trans people, you know? Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's by Kyle Lukoff and illustrated by Kailani Juanita. And uh, as you were saying, like, it's basically about this little boy, Aiden, and he like just kind of happens to be trans. And so he's preparing to be a big brother is sort of like the, the plot of the book. And like you were saying, it sort of begins with a little backstory of like, um, you know, of like Aiden uh, sort of growing up and when he was younger, you know, like basically it starts out when Aiden was born, everyone thought he was a girl. His parents gave him a pretty name. His room looked like a girl's room and he wore clothes that other girls looked like wearing. You see him like very unhappy in his quote unquote girl clothes. And then it goes on to talk about like he got older and he didn't like his name or his room or his clothes and he realized he was a boy. And that's like basically sort of the backstory. Um, and also what I think is cute is like there's oh go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say what I really liked about that the journey and the way that it was explained, and it's explained very quickly because obviously the, the entire thing is very quick. It's it's meant for, for young. <laughs> it's a children's book. But like <laughs> it's a children's book. It's meant for young people. But like ultimately they they explain it in a way that doesn't discount or completely like say that girls can't mm-hmm. not like to wear dresses girls can still be like a cis girl and collect bugs like this is still a thing that you can be it's just I was, that's the thing i was just about to say i love that that they say like, you know because yeah. sort of during this exploration period like his parents thought you know oh maybe he's just like there are lots of different kinds of girls maybe he there are girls with science collections and girls with bugs and girls with this and that and so like i i really liked that they again you know again were like it's not just that he didn't like wearing dresses and that's why he's a boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. yeah. And so they like, they sort of spend a couple of pages of this like little prologue um, and then the action starts. So his, you know, his parents tell him that they're having a baby and he's like really excited that he gets a big, big brother. But he's like, has this like concern of like, he really wants to get it right. And so he's helping his mom, you know, he's sort of helping do all these things with his parents. So he's like helping his mom pick out clothes for the baby and helping his dad paint the baby's room and helping to pick a name and practicing reading so that like he could read to the baby. It's all very cute. Um, and there's, it's it's interesting because I feel like that this part of the book is where you can really tell that the author is trans and like knows like has is from that experience because like he's doing all these little things to get ready for the baby and there are just these like little instances where Aiden's transness kind of comes up in subtle ways like his mom he's out with his mom and a stranger asks if the baby is a boy or a girl if like she's having a boy or a girl and Aiden's like you know Aiden didn't like it when people asked if he was a boy or a girl and he hoped the baby couldn't hear yet he was glad when mom just smiled and said I'm having a baby you know like it's just these little um, I think there's another time where he's out with his dad at the paint store and, you know, the the paint guy like asks him, um, you know, are you excited to have to, you know, have a baby brother or sister? And he's like, I'm excited to be a big brother. And like, you know, it's like, oh, the, you know, he, he Aiden could tell that the, you know, the guy wanted to ask another question, but like he was glad he had his, you know, his dad there. And it like alludes to like the, that he was confused that he was saying he was going to be a brother because you know, the paint guy was reading him as a girl. Um, and so, like, there's these little things that I, like, where Aiden's transness does come up, but it's not about him being trans, if that makes sense. Um, and also, I love the whole, like, it's a baby moment, because I say that to people all the time if they ask me, like, if I'm with a younger, like, a smaller baby, like, under one, where they can't talk yet or whatever, uh, and speak for themselves, and people are like, oh, is it a boy or a girl? And I'm just like, it's a baby. Um, but one time, one time specific, I'm so bitter about it. But one time specifically, I was back when I was nannying in New York City. I was walking with uh, this little kid, and they were dressed like you know what you would call gender neutrally, quote unquote. Like they were just wearing gray or whatever. They weren't wearing like a big bow or a shirt that said "I'm a boy." Um, and uh, mm-hmm. we were just walking, and someone. <laughs> came over this like older woman was like oh what a cute little prince and then got closer and was like or is it a princess and i was like this this baby is a commoner this baby has no royal blood and she was so confused (laughs) like i don't know what to tell you (laughs) this is a pauper thank you so aggressive though like one time i wouldn't like i kept just saying it's a baby it's a baby it's a baby and the woman was like i'm a grandmother i could tell it's a boy and i was like okay like what like she needed you're to like to gender this child so badly it's like bizarre <laughs> so i love that part of the book where she's just like it's a baby <laughs> um oh, oh my gosh baby. yeah and i i think like there, there are those moments that i really like exactly like you say it shows that like it was definitely written by by a trans person because it's like it's so small but the small things the details are really sort of what what helps make it for someone who is maybe like a, a very young child who is understanding themselves and understanding their trans identity yeah. and it's like oh yeah no i picked up on that too even if, if even if they can't put a word to it even if they can't put a description to it like, yeah. One of the other details that I really love is like there's this 
spread where Aiden is trying to help pick out a name for the new baby that could like fit, you know, that mm-hmm. no matter, you know, no matter who they grow up to be. And there's this, um, there's this like two page spread and the table's like covered in like, you know, books and them trying to pick names. And there's a, a book on a table, like a baby name book that says, you know, five, five you know, 50,000 uh, names plus names for boys and girls. And Aiden taped over boys and girls and wrote babies. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> that is something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think also my my favorite moment because I love that one but like I think my favorite moment in it is near the end uh Aiden is is getting a little bit nervous and a little bit scared and kind of like puts his hand where he thinks the baby's ears might be on his mom's tummy (laughs) you don't need to hear this I hope I hope like and I forget exactly what he says but it was like it was very sweet it's like oh I I hope I hope the the baby is okay and i hope that the baby feels comfortable yeah. and she's like oh it's really sweet and then i also like at the at the very end of the book um it's sort of it's sort of uh ends with this like party of them celebrating like the baby's born they're having a party and there's just like big old balloons like it's a baby <laughs> and there's and there's like you know and i really love too there's like all different kinds of people there you know there's someone with i actually didn't notice until like a couple read-throughs that there's someone with a seeing eye dog or some kind of service dog rather um that i and you know there's like you know different all different kinds of people there which is which is nice and um the makeup of their family actually so the author or not the author rather the illustrator um kailana juanita their family uh one of their parents is black and one is filipino so that's the and then they're biracial so they made that makeup for the um for the family in this book um so it's like which is which is nice because i i feel like especially in the beginnings of a lot of and i mean i feel like this is probably true for lots of categories of books but in the beginnings of when i think of like some of the first queer kids books came out like heather has two mommies and things like that it's like oh we can be queer but we have to be white right (laughs) there has to be like some kind of quote-unquote palatable thing about this family um and so i appreciate Uh, yeah there were lots of air quotes everyone um <laughs> yeah and, and for those not saying if it was not the voice there were a lot of air quotes oh, during gosh. that yeah yeah so i just yeah. like i appreciate that we can have a book that like intersectionality is a thing and like we can have a family of color that also has a queer member of the family um mm-hmm. yeah and so and they're incredibly accepting and incredibly like yeah like the the whole point is that they're incredibly accepting of their child and it's like yeah there you go oh child yeah we're we're having a baby there you go. We, we figured it out this time around. And then, and then the, book, the book ends with um, Aiden knew how to love someone, and that was the most important part of being a big brother. I'm just like, oh, oh. It's very cute. Um, I, yeah, I really, I really like this one a lot. Um, and I also like, like what we were talking, we were talking a little bit about like the gender expression and, you know, it's not like, oh, because he hated dresses. That's why he's a girl. Also, like, if you notice, like in the, in the illustrations, there are sometimes where like, he's wearing pink, he's wearing like bunny slippers in one of this. I'm like, yeah, like, it's not like, you know, he has to have like a totally, you know, quote unquote, traditionally like masculine um, gender presentation because he's a boy. Like I appreciate that he's just wearing like all colorful things and bunny slippers. I'm like, yeah, like you're still a kid. Like, and listen, I have bunny slippers and I'm an adult. So there, my wife came home from shopping one day. I was like, I got his matching bunny slippers. I was like, woo. Like, well, I know what I'm wearing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I love it. So, so speaking of uh, 
of, of stories that start sparked by an outfit. Let's talk about uh, 47,000 beads. Yeah. That was a terrible transition. I'm sorry. I'm bad at <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is the right podcast for that, but like. <laughs> so, um, 47,000 beads is uh, by Koha Adiota and Angel Adiota, and it's illustrated by Holly McGillis. And basically, um, I apologize because. This is probably going to involve some explaining because it is about a two-spirit child. So a lot of it by nature, um, it just requires some explanation if you're not familiar with um, with two-spirit or the, in this, this is about uh, Lakota um, uh, tradition. So uh, basically it's an own voices book about a two-spirit child. Um, and uh, basically I'm just going to read verbatim. I am not two-spirit, so I'm going to read the, Definition from the glossary of the book, which is that two-spirit is a newer English word used as a rough translation for older words in the languages of many tribes and nations. Two-spirit some uh, describes someone whom non-Indigenous people might call gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, and gender independent or non-binary. The word two-spirit only describes Native, Indigenous, or First Nations peoples and should not be used for others. Um, so, so yeah, so I am not an, an expert on two-spirit identities, so I absolutely encourage you to, like, do your own research about that, ask, you know, ask people um, who might know better than me, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, considering it was written by a two-spirit person, I'm going to trust the definition in the back of the book better than my own ramblings or whatever I can find on the internet. Um and so this book is really special because it's actually the only children's book about two-spirit identities that exists to my knowledge. Um, and actually, it's funny, I was I was doing an episode of my podcast on um, decolonizing Thanksgiving, and I had three Indigenous folks on, and none of them knew about it. And I was like, y'all, you got to get this book. Like, it's really hard to find, like, because it's from a really small mm-hmm. publishing company. Yeah, Flamingo Rampant is like a queer, it's a small press queer publishing company. They come out with six books, like, every two years. Um that they sell in a set, but, uh, uh, but it's, yeah, it's kind of hard, hard to find. So not, not as many people know about it, but it's a really good one. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, I would definitely check out Flamingo Rampant. They have a lot of really great books. But so 47,000 Beats is about this little kid, Peyton, who really loves to dance, but like they won't dance at, at the powwow, which is like a kind of social gathering uh, held by many North American indigenous communities. Again, not an expert. Um, <laughs> so anyway, her, her aunt Iota is like asking her why she won't dance. And Peyton uses uh, she, her pronouns. Um, and Peyton sort of tells her that it's because she doesn't want to wear her jingle dress, which is like a kind of regalia, um, which is like traditional cultural clothing worn for for like attending ceremonies and things like that um so you know she doesn't want to wear her jingle dress because it doesn't you know uh she doesn't feel like it appropriately expresses who she is so her her auntie who also uh, i want to note is like a term of endearment doesn't mean that they're related which i did not know again the back of this book is back matter (laughs) um (laughs) uh, but anyway so she back matter matters okay (laughs) um but anyway so her auntie yota seeks out uh their friend named l who is two-spirit and they you know sort of talk about peyton and kind of make a game plan for l to be kind of a mentor for Peyton um, and to they sort of are planning to get Peyton some regalia that you know maybe will feel better for her um, and as you might imagine like regalia is like super intricate it has like tons and tons of beading um, this particular regalia and as the you know as the title might have given away um, and so it's really a lot of work and they basically reach out to community members for help so like for example Iota asks a friend to make the beaded belt and headband and like she talks to her mom and gets her mom to make the ribbon shirt and the magic pants and so it goes on with like various members of the community sort of pitching in and so 
Finally, like the day of the powwow comes and Iota introduces like Elle and Peyton and they gift her the regalia. And the last page is like so beautiful. I almost cry. The first time I read it, I 100% cried. Um, Firstly, like it's important to note that like every time Peyton is shown in this book up until now, she looks like miserable. Like which as a trans person, I interpret as dysphoria. Like I don't know that that was the intention, but like just like, I don't know. It's just like, like she's shown like clutching her knees and just like crying. And I'm like, I remember being in that place. Yo. Um, and, <laughs> like, 100% did. Yep. So like this final, and so the final illustration shows Peyton just like grinning from ear to ear and her regalia and dancing. And it reads uh, the next day at the powwow in the arena with her auntie drumming her, an honor song. Peyton was finally dancing, dancing as herself, not as a boy or as a girl, but Peyton. And I'm like, <laughs> um, so it's just like a really, a really <laughs> sweet book. Um, and also like about an identity we don't hear a whole lot about and like from people, you know, written by people of that identity, which is like, yes, <laughs> what should be happening. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I really also really love like the elements of community support. It's just like a really sweet book. Yeah, that was, that was the thing that really like, uh, really got to me was like the community immediately. Like, okay, what are we doing? All right, let's find someone in the community who knows what they're talking about. Okay, we found someone. Great. Now what do we do? okay, we gotta get on, like, it, it feels very much like uh, this person is having a very tough time, so let's figure out how we can fix it. How do we fix it? We listen to them, all right? How do we listen to them? Great. What do we do? Figure it out. Great. You know what you're talking about with this stuff? <laughs> you're too spirited. Talk to, talk to Peyton, because we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll support. And it's just like, I, I felt that very, like, even though it's, even though I'm portraying it in a lot more desperation <laughs> than they were in the book, it felt very real in that, like, let's figure it out. Okay, we're a community. Boom, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I loved it. There was also, like, some, there was a description that I really enjoyed, and I, of course, didn't write down, but it was it was something to the degree of, I've seen her at the, the powwow, and she has the, the it, you can tell that she has the intent to dance, but something is keeping her. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like if that isn't that isn't me in my teens. I don't know what is, uh, but yeah. Oh man, I I love it. Uh, also, again, like what you what you mentioned about the 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 back matter and how there is a lot uh, th- there is a lot of information in there that is just sort of like, hey, you know, if if you need help with this, like how to understand, but. Yeah, like back matter is so good. It's okay. also great. It's also great for kids too. Like you can learn together, and and you can like it's okay to say like you know what I don't I don't know about this. Like let's read about it, right? And you can learn together. And I feel the same way. Like I have um, a really good book. It's called oh I think it's called Intersectional Allies, and it's a book about intersectionality for kids. That's really great. Um, but that book, part of it is in Spanish, and like I do not speak Spanish. And like when I read it to kids, I'm like, listen. I'm trying my best and like I did the research as far as pronunciation goes but like this is not an authentic experience right now right and like if I were if I were you know I would not be reading that at a read aloud right like I would have someone who could pronounce those words and read that at a read aloud but like I think it's important to like you know to express to kids like we don't know everything we're not part like right as adults like you know it's okay to like say hey I don't know what this is let's look in the back of the book and like check it out. And a lot of books like that will have pronunciation guides too, which is really helpful. Yeah. And, and again, kind of like what we were talking about with this idea of being able to question, being able to, being, having that, for lack of a better term, that freedom to look into things, ask that question, look, that idea of being able, like, I feel like it is a much stronger 
stance to be able to say, I don't know. Let's figure this out together. Right. Like I think showing that that is a straw like too. It's just like really beautiful. Like yeah, I don't know. Like one time a kid was like the yeah. starfish walk, and I was like, I have no idea. Let's let's go on YouTube. <laughs> they do. It's wild. You should see it sometime. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's just like vulnerable too to be like, I don't know. Like, especially like an educator too. I think it's important that kids know. Like, we just don't know. Ever, like, no one knows everything, right? Um, and and I think it could be a great experience too. Like, if you have kids or kids in your life, like to just like look it up together or to learn to like reach out to someone in whatever community it is you're talking about and like learn that way. You know. Yeah. So the. Yeah. So, so the final book, uh, the one that I immediately like as as an adult who is who holds both a non-binary and a trans female identity was looking at was like that I immediately like, oh, this is my book. I need to go find this book and have this book uh, is my madness. I yeah, I, this this book really resonated with me as an adult. Uh, do you want to tell me a little yeah, more about so it? So my Maddie is by Gail Pittman and illustrated by Violet Tobacco. And Gail Pittman has actually written a lot of really awesome queer kids books. Um, so definitely check her out. As far as I know, she's a straight cis woman, but she uh, she's like a gender studies professor, so she she knows her stuff at least. And like all of her books, like I've, I've never read one of her books. I've been like, Ugh. like so she's she's pretty she's pretty. Um, uh, well loved by in general by queer parents and lovers of children's books um but anyway uh i you like and, and like on the one hand like i don't know maybe controversial opinion i feel like there's definitely a call for own voices work and that's super important but like on the other hand it's there's a lot of red tape to get into publishing as as trans people especially i think it's really hard and like if you have that privilege and you're using your privilege to like write well researched and well you know what I mean? Like good kids books and you're doing your research and you're getting, you know, hopefully, I mean, I'm assuming she's having people, you know, from the trans community read her work. I hope <laughs> um, but like by the quality of her work, I'm kind of guessing. So like, I think that if you do have that privilege, like it, it is nice to be able to use it to, you know, not just be like, well, I'm not trans. So too bad. No trans stories are going to be written until like we can break into publishing. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and especially with own voices for those that maybe don't know what that that term means because i know that we've we've used that too like i, I believe we've talked about it on the podcast but just in case uh it, it essentially means to write from your own experience maybe not necessarily biographical but from like me as a trans person i could write trans stories but uh it would not be an own voice if i were to write say uh like a, a story from uh someone who is not from my own background mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you. I it's so funny. Yeah. I feel like I do that. I'm I'm better thinking about that when I'm talking about sort of like trans and queer lingo to like, oh, not everyone knows this. Um, but I, I guess because I'm I have a podcast about books, I talk so much about own voices work mm -hmm. that I forget. So thank you for catching me on that. Um yeah. but anyway, I sort of and it is it is a very mixed oh no worries I, I was just gonna say it is it is a very mixed thing i think we absolutely need to be pursuing a lot more own voices stories because especially like we were saying with uh aiden uh, what is that brother? Aiden, 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 
brother, uh, you could tell a lot of that, like little those little details, those things that really resonated as like, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and you do pick those up from stories that are from own voices at the exact same time as someone who who runs a class for writing trans and non-binary uh, narratives for writing the other. I am I myself am very much from the philosophy that if you are excluding characters, people, and uh, other things from your fiction or your nonfiction, uh, just because you are not from that background, then you are denying that they exist in that world. I agree. And there are just some stories you probably shouldn't tell, and you should figure out that's part of your research, is what are the stories I shouldn't tell? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, also, like, there are ways to, like, get that information and, like, have sensitivity writers or have a co-writer, like there's a really good book um oh gosh what's uh, now i'm uh, something happened in our town it's about police brutality um it's a children's book and the i'm i'm a, at least one of the writers on that was white but it's about a basically it takes place from um like something you know a shooting happens in this town where a, you know a young black boy is is killed by police and uh first it starts from a little white girl's perspective and she's asking her family about what happened and then it happens it, you know goes from a little black boy's perspective and so like from my understanding like the white person wrote the white character and the black person wrote the black character you know what i mean so like there are ways to like have a co-writer um <laughs> you know what i mean like uh it's but anyway i yeah I, I agree with you i think it's like a need for own voices but also like if you're just excluding characters because you don't feel like you know you can also include characters in ways that the whole story doesn't have to be about like you can have characters who are not maybe don't write a story about you know about a character that's not from your experience as the main the whole main thing of the story but you can still have them right like you can have a trans character who's just trans mm -hmm. There's, there's, yeah, yeah there, there are ways to do doing it. stuff. We go to the grocery store. We like yeah. so on on the other on yeah. that balancing cultures podcast. It was funny because a lot of it was like, what should we never ask a trans person, and how like how, then how do we talk to a trans person? I was like, I, I listed all these. Things. I like reached out to a lot of people in the trans community, and I was like, what are some questions that you feel like should never be asked? And so we had this whole long a long laundry list of all these questions, and then I was like, you might be wondering, how do I talk to a trans person? Here are some tips. Hi, how are you? I like your shirt. Like, just talk to us like people. <laughs> I also listen to that band on your right? <laughs> Oh my gosh. But anyway, so so back to my Mandy, yeah. um, before I get too far off on some kind of wild tangent. Um, so basically, this is a really, it's a really sweet book about um, a little kid who has a non-binary parent. And it basically starts out like most mommies are girls, most daddies are boys. But lots of parents are neither a boy or a girl like my Maddie. And so one of the things I love about the illustrations too is that like the parent isn't this sort of like stereotypical depiction of a non-binary person which i feel like which when we think of non-binary people more often than not we picture like a quote-unquote androgynous person which usually like again i'm using air quotes um which usually like translates to assigned female at birth i i don't know why this happens um but like like for example like i have a friend who uh, you know, it's assigned female at birth and is high femme and is non-binary. Like that's, that's a valid, you know, way to be there. Any way you're non-binary is a valid way to be non-binary. But like, I feel like this sort of, there's this sort of idea of like someone with short hair and like very dapper and like all these, you know, and I'm like, that's, so I'm glad that they sort of veered away from that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if that, if that makes sense, but like, 
Yeah, well, well, and and especially that that idea of like this notion of what is androgyny and androgyny being very much this like. Uh, particularly like like you were describing like an afab person who is dressing in some way that might look particularly more masculine presenting and a a lot of that is because like i I feel like like i uh, i I don't have like a history thesis (laughs) on why that is i know that it exists because i know exactly what you're talking about that's like what people are expecting or androgyny for someone who's amab being like oh you're super like uber femme and it's just like that's not androgyny that's femme. <laughs> okay not how that works but i really i really like that like the, basically the parent is depicted as this like femme presenting person who has like long hair and like in my personal opinion i read them as someone who like could be assigned male at birth like i, I don't know um haven't talked to that character um but that's just how i how i read them and the thing that i love about that representation is like how basically it doesn't like this could be a quote-unquote binary female presentation but like they identify as non-binary i love i love that it's not like you know they didn't go sort of with tropes of what non-binary looks like like you can be a person who's high femme and identify as (laughs) non-binary um so the examples because like i will say the only thing like and i laughed a lot at the like at first i was i was with a lot of these like oh you know when talking about like things that maddie enjoys like waking up for the sunrise and it's like oh it's because it's neither this nor that and i was like uh-huh or like it moves from this to that and it's like uh-huh what what do you use to eat i eat with a spork it's like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i mean wild i love the maddie eats with a spork i love sporks fun story i invented the foon before i knew a spork existed when i was a small child and i was so mad <laughs> like but yeah so it does, it does like all these in-between things like it starts out with like you know their eyes are are neither you know green nor brown they're hazel and so it's like it's basically the whole thing is like you know all of the it's the the idea is like that the in-between things or the things that are sort of like neither one thing or the other are like cool too like you were saying like they talk about sunrise like maddie rides a motorcycle or like which like yeah maddie which with badass like and i like <laughs> but also it's because it's neither a car nor a bicycle it's like, oh, for trying online but i like <laughs> what are you taking when you're taking your coffee half and half it's a like, goddamn it <laughs> Maddie. <laughs> The whole thing could be just like a very positive spin on the uh, SNL pack. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god! Well, well, Maddie, all the girls are getting donuts and all the boys are getting croissants. What are you getting, my crown? Not to discount this book, it's a good book. I really liked it. I really like identified with it. It's just so funny because I'm looking at that and I'm like, uh-huh, I see the uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Or like, but I, I like when they when they're talking about the the um, motorcycle. They're like, it's not a car or a bicycle. It's kind mm-hmm. of both and something all its own, right? So I like this idea that like yeah. it's kind of a combination, but like also it's its own thing. Um, and so basically, mm-hmm. it, again, it's talking about sort of all these like in between things, um, and like also the idea that like being an in between thing, quote unquote, isn't like a bad thing. Like the sunrise isn't bad. Sports aren't bad. Like <laughs> they're just things that exist. <laughs> um and so it's really cute the the last page she's like the the kid is at like a storytelling day at her class and um and it's like you know some of the best things in the world are are not one thing or the other but in between and kind of both and something entirely fantastically their own like by maddie and like the last page is maddie like reading their little report that they wrote i'm like oh um 
So yeah, I really, she got, I really, she there's got also, plus, by the oh, way. what did you say? <laughs> I said, she got an A plus, by the oh, way. I looked at the picture. <laughs> Imagine if it was like B minus. That would be so mean. Wrote this beautiful art. B minus. Things <laughs> people, people aren't neither. <laughs> what? There's literally a book. There's literally oh, another book about um, non-binary identities called Neither. It's a good one. It's actually not technically about non-binary identities. It's about like there's like the land of this and the land of that, and like in the land of this are or one of them is ducks and one of them is bunnies, and then like a, it's like a duck with bunny ears is born, and they're like you don't fit anywhere. It's, it's a cute book. It's a little bit mean, though. I don't like Aww. books that are about bullying and it has some bullying. And that's why all of these books you can see are like very like positive. Like I feel like while right, like while there might be a kid there who's like, oh, I have that experience of like being othered for my identity. I think that we should put like, I think when it comes to this kind of stuff, like I, I want to see the world that I want to be. Right, like if I'm reading a book to kids, I don't want to give them the idea to bully someone for being different, <laughs> right? And like if I had to sit down and talk to my class about bullying, if it was a problem, that might be different. Um, but these are all books I feel like you could just pull off the shelf and read, as opposed to like a problem, quote unquote, like a problem book where it's like, ooh, this, like like I like the book I was talking about about police brutality. I probably wouldn't just pull that off the shelf and read it to my kids. I would, you know, wait until something happened and that would be more of a reactionary book. Um, so that's why I sort of picked books that were all a little bit on the happier side. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, and, and we, we run we run into that a lot with uh, adult books as well that I've been that I've done sensitivity reads on. Again, like I'm not saying anything specific about any specific books because I'm not supposed to. <laughs> but, like, but that is a conversation that comes up a lot is like, how do I show a character as trans without without having the character state their dead name how do i do that without showing them being bullied for a thing and it's just like there, there are ways and it is easier to immediately think of the negative because a we've been conditioned yeah. to look at trans stories in a negative fashion unfortunately but also because it's a lot easier to say that character's bad and i'm supposed to know that character's bad and i know that they're bad because they're stating this character's dead name and there's 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 a lot of that in, yeah. in writing in general. Totally. Yeah. And oh, one one other thing I want to mention about my Maddie is that there's actually really there's mm -hmm. a, also a really good back matter in this book. I love my back matter. Um, but some of the sections are like they talk about non-binary identities. They talk about intersex identities, which I'm like, yes. Um, they talk about when a parent transitions, discussing gender with your child. There's like a ton of really good um, stuff in there. And I appreciated that they included intersect in there because I don't intersex. I just said intersect. I can't speak intersex. It's okay. Um, yeah, I, this is my second podcast recording of the day, so I'm like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's it's totally cool. I've been I've been doing the, the the marathon zooms, so I'm I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. <laughs> yeah. The so yeah, we're 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 trying really hard to include a lot more intersex voices on the show as well. Like we had my friend Hillary, who has uh, a chromosomal. Uh, chromosomal i forget the exact uh syndrome that uh she has but she's also a genetic researcher Ooh. so you can listen to our talk on chromosomes That's specifically cool. like what are they talk to talk to someone who has no like tell me someone who's an idiot who barely <laughs> paid attention to science what chromosomes are <laughs> i love that i know because you're actually working with these things that one is that one out yet or is that one coming out yeah yeah that's that's been out for for a little bit oh, now so folks so that's in the back catalog 
yeah we're but yeah like and it's also important for those who are listening who maybe for the first time they're hearing the word intersex uh folks who are intersex uh don't that doesn't necessarily mean that they're trans and also if you are trans and you're talking about intersex folk it doesn't mean that you can use intersex folks existence as a way to prove trans existence we're two different types of people but at the same time our communities absolutely can come together with a lot of common uh with a lot of common issues and a lot of common uh needs that we absolutely should hold each other up for. So normally at the end of the podcast, we would ask, is it transphobic and is it enjoyable? I don't know that we necessarily have that same reference point. (laughs) Are these wonderful books about trans things transphobic? No, Uh, (laughs) but I guess. No, I did not choose any transphobic books. I could make a list of transphobic books, but that seems counterproductive to be like, here are all the books you should not read. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I guess more than, more than anything else, what uh, I, I'll throw this out to you, and if you need a moment, let me know. But what are the common things that you see in well-executed children's books for trans and gender questioning you? Good back matter. No, um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Honestly, though, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, though. I, I yeah. think just like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like, I think there's something that feels real and authentic about the characters that comes from either being from the community or doing your damn research and having, you know, somebody checking your work and uh, that, that kind of stuff. Um, But I think that there's like, I don't, and I don't know, like I can't put my finger on like what makes a character relatable and feel real, um, which I guess is like an ode to good writing. (laughs) But um, but yeah, there's there's I think there's just something about that, and and also like in general, I think when it comes to like the more nonfiction books, like the first two we talked about, um, like it feels good to be yourself, and um, uh, what's oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the other one. Who are you? Um, I think like just having being open-ended of like like we were talking about of like not everyone like not making generalizations of like yeah you could be this or that but like this is not the only way to do that um and so i think that that's definitely sort of a mark of like a good a good nonfiction kids books is like not making generalizations about everything because you're gonna be wrong <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just don't yeah. that's what I think about all the time like when <laughs> when people when I oh my gosh I have a lot more emotional energy I'm, you can't see right now but I'm wearing a shirt that says emotionally exhausted um, I have a lot more emotional energy than most people despite my shirt and um, I uh, will often get into pick fights with people who call me ma'am on the phone about like why you shouldn't ma'am and sir people i'm like ah, where's your supervisor and I like talk i'm like listen if you ma'am and sir people you are always going to have the chance of offending someone if you just say hi how can i help you you are no one is ever going to be like you didn't say ma'am like it's never going to happen <laughs> i mean i've gotten i've gotten into uh, uh fights and arguments with people who are like no my like and respect if you grew up to an extent respect if you grew up in a household where you were told this and you had- yeah where it was like man yeah. yeah but at the same time the world is moving the world is changing and if i get called sir uh you're 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 not going to get a good review <laughs> they literally had to put a note on they put a note on my account that was like has a high voice is a man because i i kept getting 
that was the best they could do (laughs) because I kept getting an a 41 time 45 minutes of I would call my bank and for 45 minutes they didn't believe it was me they sent me two notifications to my phone where I read them a six digit digit code and they were like "Mm, still don't believe it's you I we think it's your wife calling on your behalf and I'm like what who also has my cell phone like (laughs) also my wife can answer all these questions she deserves to get into my bank account like (laughs) <laughs> it's like you know what she yeah she can take my she we have a joint account yeah. who cares it's like then she also has access to this I don't know what's what, okay. anyway anyway <laughs> don't call me ma'am or sir yeah. on the phone just say hi how can I help you <laughs> oh, cool so uh, how can people find you on the internet if you want them yeah. to you might not want them to that's totally fine <laughs> me on the internet um so uh you can go to www.radchildpodcast.com if you want to find out more about that work that i do um and then i'm basically at radchild podcast on everything instagram twitter and facebook um and uh yeah so if you want to find out how to get in touch with me even if it's about other things you can definitely find out on the website or just you know at me somewhere Very awesome. Yeah, and for us, uh, you can go to at isatransphobic on Twitter, at isatransphobic on Instagram, isatransphobic.com is our website. Uh, we're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash isatransphobic, where you can get episodes one week before they uh, are released publicly, as well as interviews with amazing, really interesting people who are within a, a lot of different communities talking about gender. Some of them are trans, some of them are cis allies. Uh, it's, it's a lot of different folks just talking about a lot of different things. You get those a month early uh, before we release them publicly. So there's a lot of reasons even just for a dollar a month just get rid of that mcdonald's cheeseburger get rid of that burger king cheeseburger i don't play favorites like you don't need that in your life you need awesome transparency. so impressed that your stuff is out a month in advance i am like to the dot i'm like okay and we clearly i literally took like i on my um uh, original Patreon stuff I used to have early release and I had to take it off because I never got anything done early. <laughs> <So> I'm very <laughs> well, I'm, I'm at a point now where like, I forget that it's like, oh yeah, wait, that's right, I'm releasing it publicly now. I forgot, <laughs> I released this to my Patreon. <laughs> right, 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 they get this early. This is the real release. I didn't already release this. <laughs> Ooh, it is a whole thing. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time. Is It Transphobic was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers. The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com.